Daddy Squared. Gay Dads Save the World. A daily dose of gay dads on the front lines of the global pandemic. With Alex McGann and Jan Dick. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Jan. Hi, Alex. You know, I'm addicted to Rubik's Cube. Yes, I'm that's aware of it. that. That's all. That's all I have to say. What I wanted to say is that you've become completely unhinged and, <laughs> and uh, you know. I bought for the kids, quote unquote, quote unquote. Rubi- two Rubik's Cubes. They were interested in it for a grand total of six minutes. No, they actually switched it up a little bit and then it got messy and then they said, okay, Abba, fix it for me. <laughs> And I'm like, okay. I will point so out I'm, they didn't even come to me because I would have flipped them the bird. I don't like to get anyone near a Can you fix cube. it? And then like for three days, I'm like in tutorials on YouTube trying to figure out how to, how to uh, solve a Rubik's Cube. And I finally did after three days of like maybe eight hours a day. Um, and the funny thing is that the kids are sitting next to me while I'm trying to figure this out. So they're cooperating in this thing. Um, so finally I find it out, I, I fixed it and I send it to, I give it to Ben and then Adam goes, can you do mine too? Yeah. And then another three days. But then I realized that I've learned so much from the tutorials that some of it, I can do it by myself already, which takes me to the point where if what you is find, the point? yeah, my point is that you should always learn something new. If you sit around at home and doing nothing and you're locked at home, why don't you use the time to do something, you know, fun? I just and want to I'm, point I'm out. I'm not w- one of these people. I'm like, usually try to make something, make something of the time. Yeah. Y- you know? Uh, so I'm so not here's usually what he made of the time. On, on, on he sat in front of YouTube videos with a man named Boris who was showing him the algorithms. Yellow. These Whoa. are the algorithms for rotating your Rubik's Cube. So, no, you know. You're not doing a good I, uh, Russian dude, that wasn't That wasn't good Russian. He's hot, though. You know, Russian All I pe- saw was his hands. Uh, well, I anyway. saw his face and he's hot. All right. So well, Russian people in general are hot. They're good looking people. There's no doubt about it. But the point that is. That my theory. It's my theory. What you is know, your theory? That the homophobes people are the hottest. Oh, that's interesting. I homophobes. mean, they have a te- homophobes have a tendency to. To look hot. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I get your point. They're good for a, a quick roll in the hay. And generally that's what they want. They just don't want to admit it. Right. I don't know whether we should put any of this into the podcast. Why not? Mm, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, today we're calling Atlanta. Did I say it right? Um, Atlanta. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm not from Atlanta, so I don't know whether I'm saying it right. We're, we're going to talk to Zachary Shellhase. Or uh, Shellhase. I don't well, really... Alex have argued with me, and I don't know, we're going to call well, him. It looks like again. it's a German name, and if it was German name, it would be pronounced Shellhase, but I don't know. All right. He's a patient safety coordinator. Um, and this is a type of nurse that you didn't know existed. Right. And it's so important. So it's you know like what, if, holding the hands of the nurses. If nothing else, if nothing else, one of the amazing things that has come out of this pandemic is so we have learned so much about the, the millions of corners of of profession involved with medicine. And it's fascinating and how critical they all are. You know, you think like, well, ah, what's that? And then you realize it's everything. So, well, ah. Yeah. yeah. Oh. All right, let's call Zach. <laughs> Hello. Zachary. Hi, how you doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Wonderful. Thank you we're so good. much for your flexibility in time. Being a dad, I think we're all used to being very flexible. Well, right, except it's usually in the form of I can't do this now. 
but okay. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your work and how is it, has it changed during the pandemic? Yeah, so I am a, in a hospital every day. Um, my job is a patient safety coordinator. So my job is a little bit different than a lot of the frontline nurses. I'm more of a behind the scenes where I look at events where um, they had a bad outcome and see is there anything we as a hospital can do to improve our process or better empower our nurses. So it's taken on a very different role because normally we're looking at where maybe a nurse forgot to scan medication or we, we made a mistake on our end. And with this pandemic, they've really reshaped my role in looking at events with COVID and seeing, are we, you know, following best practice based on the CDC? That in itself is a job because we have changed our visitation policy oh. and our PPE policy probably once a week, if not more, just because we really are trying to follow best practice. But, you know, when our governor and our, you know, leaders are changing that as much as they have, it's been a lot to keep up with. And then educating nurses. So even though they've taken my job to work from home at this point, um, I'm still doing a lot of live chats with the leaders in our hospital to make sure that we are having enough PPE, that we are, you know, utilizing our resources in the safest way, because we do know that there is a shortage. So what is a safe way to use items that we normally would not be reusing because right. we are in that crisis where we don't have the influx of, you know, mask and wipes. So we're finding innovative but safe ways to try and reuse until to the point where it can't be, um, but still keeping our patients and our nurses safe. So it's definitely evolved from just looking at a, an event to more diagnostic. I feel like I've become an infection preventionalist. Right, right. So you're so you're taking the input from CDC and others about best practices, but you're, I assume, also getting feedback from other nurses and other people who work in the hospital about things that are and are not working. Yeah, I mean, I had an interview with three nurses this past week um, just saying, hey, we're really struggling because, you know, they're very sweaty. When we are in those rooms, we're sweating in our mask, and I was doing research to see, you know, what is best practice, how, what, and I hate the word moist, can we get a mask before it's <laughs> we no all hate, effective? We so all hate the word we're moist. We're having to, like, do different research that we didn't prepare for, but we know that our nurses are very, you know, they we've built good relationships with them previously, so they can tell us, hey, this is where we're struggling, this is where I need your assistance, so collaborating with nurses in a very different way than I normally do. But getting to hear those stories of those successes is just as impactful, which is also something I normally wouldn't necessarily see. Right. Yeah. You know, I have to tell you that we, we've done a few episodes of this little, little, um, uh, interviews with pe professionals who are working in uh, supporting people in this time. And what's so amazing to me is how many different ways people are engaged in this. And I keep discovering new mm -hmm. ones each yeah. time we talk to somebody. So I guess I could have thought that somebody would do what you're doing, but it never occurred to me until you started to describe it. 
Yeah, and it's funny because they, as a nurse, I, I nursing is my background. I was a pediatric nurse before I stepped into the safety role. But, you know, the year of 2020 was slated to be based on um, Florence Nightingale, 100 years after she really kind of started what she was doing. 2020 was supposed to be the year of the nurse. And I think we all are in that state where if we had known what we would have to sacrifice in order to get the recognition in healthcare. And I will say recognition because we've never felt so appreciated and so thanked by communities and businesses because it is different. Like we have so much food. Now my hospital houses a thousand patients. So we're a fairly big hospital, but we have so much community outpouring where we have more meals than we do nurses to feed. (laughs) So we're giving it and, you know, we can't let any visitors come in right now. So we're giving it to patients and we're, you know what I mean? We've never seen this kind of outpouring of support. So even though it, you know, year of the nurse has come and we've seen a different wave it's just been unlike anything i've ever seen in my life and hopefully honestly ever see again you know it's 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 it is a silver lining of sorts and i'd love to hear from you if there are any other things that you've experienced during this truly horrific time that you think qualifies as a silver lining i will say this as as a dad i thought I was very hands-on. I wasn't actually an elementary school teacher before I was a nurse. So I thought, you know, I am really supporting my kids at home. My husband is an educator as well. So we, it's, it's one of those things where you can sit there and think, you know, normally I'm a fairly decent parent. I'm really involved and you want to think that you're doing your best. And there's nothing like being at home with your family 24 seven for three months to kind of make you real evaluate who you are as a parent and how you handle things. Because I really thought I was like this great parent when I got home from a, you know, 40 hour work week. And then being home with them, I realized, you know, there's so much more that I've been able to do with them. I've seen a lot of growth in them, growth that teachers get to see, Mm, but I don't get to see that. Like my daughter is five and I've seen her start to really read this this month. And it's been one of those things where it's like, you know, I would not have normally seen that progression. I would have seen the back end of it at home, but I got to see that whole process and I got to sit there. So it has been hard. And I know any parent would say being 24 seven for uh, three months with your kids is nothing like any of us expected for good and bad days. But I look at that as a time that I will never get to have again with my kids like I did this year. And, you know, having to talk to them and sit down and explain things, it's hard, you know, as a parent to say, listen, there are people that are not doing well because we're blessed. We have two jobs that we've still continued to get paid, but, you know, there are people out there who aren't as lucky. So seeing the humanitarianism in my children has been really neat too. And their thought of, well, what can we do for them? You know, and the thought of, you know, can we give them things? Can we go out and try and help them? So it's one of those things where we see humanity at its lowest, but we can also see humanity at its best. And it's amazing the mindset in giving kids have when you actually talk to them about it. Yeah. Can we ask you, so you have a daughter, she's five, you said? Yes, I have a daughter who is five. She's a little redhead spitfire. And (laughs) I have a son, Noah, who is going to be nine 
in when she, two when, weeks. Got and it. he is, I've had a hard time keeping up with him because he's gifted and the stuff that they're asking him to do is <laughs> beyond what I was taught in elementary school. So I defer to my husband. I'm like, oh. you are a high school math teacher. Good luck. Well, plus yeah, I well, see you guys we, are, you guys are lucky that you're, you're educators. I mean, I, we don't know what to do with our kids. Like teachers, well, our kids are four, but still, I mean, I, I think of all mm-hmm. these parents who are, are actually required to become teachers now. You know, I can tell when I'm being a crappy parent. I can tell when I'm being a crappy teacher. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest part right now because I am still working 40 hours a week from home and so is my husband. There are times where I sit there going, oh my gosh, I feel like a crappy teacher because I should be pouring into these kids. But it's that fine line of I'm still expected to hit my you know, quota with work and so is he. You know, sometimes I'm like, man, if I wasn't a teacher, maybe I wouldn't feel as bad as I do because there are days where even the best parent can feel like a total fail because your kid has a breakdown because they haven't seen their friends in person for three months. Yeah, there's so many reasons. uh, We've got to get better. But I mean, it's it's hard to explain that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, When I I assume that you guys uh, also laugh a lot at home. Yeah. <laughs> so tell tell us the last time you laughed. Well, we've decided to really kind of go back to basics with our kids by the terms of we went back to I Love Lucy. So Ooh. we wanted to really bring back some of that good, old-fashioned, clean, fun humor to our kids because my son is so addicted to YouTube and these gaming videos. And I said, this is not doing anything for you. So we tried to think of some good things to really do as a family. And we saw on Hulu that I Love Lucy was there and we sat down and we're like, I don't know how this is going to hold up. I don't know how our kids will think about it, but we sit as a family every night and we watch at least two episodes of I Love Lucy. And it's just that humor and that hysterical laughter. And like I said, my daughter's a redhead. So now we've started to call her Lucy because she'll do something <laughs> so boneheaded and we'll be like, Lucy, And she'll go, ooh, and it's just, it's fine because it's not something we would have done, I guarantee you, if we were still going on our routine. Because, you know, this is normally the end of the school year. Things get crazy hectic. People are stressed. So we're looking for those small little moments of joy because there is a lot of negative out there. So just that laughter and hearing a five-year-old and an eight-year-old die laughing at a black and white TV show. That's amazing. Well, because it was funny, damn it. It was funny. It was good stuff. At least most of it was. Um, well, listen, we, we have one last question that we intentionally did not include uh, when, yeah. we, when we sent it to you because we, we want to, it's, it's, it's designed to shame you. Are you ready for your question? Come on. Ready. Stop okay. Ready. <laughs> what meal have you been the most ashamed of during the last week? And we want you to dig deep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. So we thought, you know, the weekend, yesterday, it was just yesterday morning. We thought (laughs) we're going to do this really great meal together. We're going to make bacon and eggs and pancakes. And I don't know what happened, but it was like just the colossal failed. The pancakes looked beautiful on the outside, but were just pure goo on the inside. The bacon shriveled up to probably about like a two-inch piece. We're like, how did this happen? Like, I don't know if it had been in the freezer too long. And my son has this new fascination with eggs over easy. So we tried to make those, and we could not get it. So we didn't break the yolk every time. Right. But – 
we just stood in the kitchen and laughed. You know what I mean? That's that goes back to that. You've just got to laugh sometimes at your own failures. And that was the biggest fail. There was no part of that breakfast that we were like, wow, that was a great job. Because it, it just it was a fail. It was bad. Excellent. So this is our goal is to to pull out all the real dark stuff. Yes, it's uh, deep. It's deep. <laughs> Um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and, and thank you for what you do, especially at this time. Absolutely. I, I love doing it. I mean, it's not a career that I chose by accident. It chose me and I'm thankful every single day because I get to support the nurses on the front line and I won't take any of their credit away because they are the ones doing the work. I'm just there kind of holding the mask going, do you need this? Can I help you? Can I give you this? So it's, it's a great feeling to be able to support people doing such amazing things and knowing that I have just a little role in that. So thank you. Stay safe, stay sane, and also consider, I don't know, cooking classes or, you know, whatever might help you with your bacon. We're going to work on that. (laughs) I've, diverted the cooking to my husband at this point because my kids want to live through COVID. So (laughs) it's on him. Zachary, thank you. Thank you, Zachary. Take care. Thank you, guys. Have a good day. Bye-bye. That is clear.